Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Good morning, good morning. Hey, if, uh, if you looked in on this scene, I bet you get it wrong. In a little house in a tiny village in first century Judea, there are three people, an old couple and a little baby boy. He can't be more than two weeks old. If you looked in on the scene, you would see that the old man is hugging this baby boy real tight. He's pressing his rough, wind-worn cheek against the soft skin of the baby's face, and the woman is looking on with tears welling up in her eyes. If you looked in on the scene, you would guess that it's grandparents with their new grandson, or maybe even great-grandparents, because this old couple, they gotta be at least 75 years old. But if you guessed that, you would have been wrong. In fact, these are first-time parents with their newborn baby boy. And for the first time in two weeks, they're together, just the three of them, relatively quiet. And they're talking, and they're reflecting, and they're marveling at God's faithfulness. It was just about a year ago now that Zachariah, for that was the man's name, he got selected at random, kind of like a lottery system, actually. Out of 1,200 priests in his division, he got picked to go to the temple in Jerusalem, all the way into the Holy of Holies, to burn incense and to put up prayers for the people. Better than a lottery, he was more excited than any lottery winner in our culture because this was like the highest of the highest of the highest honors. Well, when he went home that night, he told Elizabeth, for that was his wife's name, and what's crazy is she was more excited than he was. Her faithful husband, her kind man, near the end of his life, was going to receive this honor. And she would have told you that there was no one else in all of Judea who deserved it more than he did. See, if you go back just over 50 years, Elizabeth and Zechariah got married. And their number one plan, their number one dream, their number one goal was to have a large family. But the months went by and Elizabeth didn't get pregnant. And so they prayed, they prayed for a large family. And then they prayed for a family, and then eventually they just prayed for a child, but Elizabeth never got pregnant. And whispers started in that tiny village. People looked at Elizabeth and Zachariah, and they said, well, they must be cursed, you know. They're not having any kids, so God must have something against them. They've done something wrong. There's something with them, you know. And then the whispers eventually got louder. Men would walk right up to Zachariah, and they would tell him what he already knew. They would say, Zachariah. According to the law, you are free to divorce Elizabeth. You can divorce her because she hasn't provided you with an heir. She's failed you. She's let you down. Get rid of her. Divorce her. Find a new woman and start a family. And Zechariah would always answer in the exact same way. He would say, Elizabeth is my wife. I want no other. She hasn't failed me. She's been faithful to me and loved me as long as we've been together and I plan to do the same. What's funny is that Elizabeth knew what the people were saying, but she never doubted her husband. She knew he was faithful, and she loved him for that reason all the more. See, in a culture of arranged marriages and patriarchal culture, where a marriage kind of resembles a property transaction, if you really want to understand Elizabeth and Zechariah, you would have to know this. They were deeply in love. And so when Zachariah's big day came, and he was ready to head to 
the temple in Jerusalem, Elizabeth gave him a big hug. And then she looked at him and she said, I'm so proud of you. He said, proud of me? Like, it was a draw, Elizabeth. It was luck of the draw. She said, no, it wasn't. God chose you. You're the right one for this moment. So Zachariah headed to Jerusalem with his head held extra high. He walked past the crowd gathered outside the temple. He got prepared. He went all the way into the Holy of Holies. He burned his incense and he prayed. He prayed for the people. He prayed for the world. He prayed for the restoration and redemption of his nation. And then he opened his eyes and he saw the scariest thing that he had ever seen in his life. It was like a man, but like way bigger. Like beautiful and terrifying. Awesome and paralyzing all at the same time. And this angel, for that's what it was, an angel, says to Zechariah, do not be afraid. And Zachariah is thinking to himself, well, that ship has sailed, man, you know? Like, I'm surprised I haven't wet my pants or fainted by this point. Do not be afraid, the angel says. You and Elizabeth are going to have a son. The angel said, your prayer has been answered. Hmm. Not the prayer for the nation, not the prayer for the people, not the prayer for the world, not for redemption or restoration, but the prayer, the prayer. For years and years and years, this was the prayer, this was the request that Elizabeth and Zachariah prayed every single day. And they stopped praying about 25 years ago, but still, if you ask them, what was your prayer? They would have said this, your prayer, your prayer, your prayer has been answered. You and Elizabeth are going to have a son and you're gonna call him John. Well, Zachariah looks up at the angel and he says this, you know, I'm old, right? <laughs> you know, like I'm old, really, really old. Elizabeth had asked Zachariah, did you tell the angel I was old too? And Zachariah says, I would never say you were old, Elizabeth. I said you were well along in years, okay? I would never call you old. Zachariah says, I'm old and my wife is well along in years. How can I be sure this is going to happen? How can I be sure of this? How can I be sure that you're going to pull this off? You know, I'm old, I'm old, I'm old. And Zachariah took a glance up at the angel's face and he could have swore he saw a grin in his mouth and a twinkle in his eye. As if he was looking at Zachariah saying, are you done? But Zachariah, Zachariah wasn't quite done yet. He kept saying, how can I be sure of this? I'm old, I'm old, I'm well, I'm old. Angel responded, well, I'm Gabriel. <laughs> and I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to deliver you this good news. But I'll tell you what, Zechariah, I'm gonna give you nine months to think about whether or not God keeps his promises. You won't speak again until your baby is born. Elizabeth would joke later, by the way, that it was the most peaceful nine months of her life. But soon enough, baby boy is born. People ask Zechariah, what's his name? And he writes on a slate, his name is John. And they're like, what? John? There's no one in your family named John. That's a stupid idea. What are you talking about? And then God opens Zechariah's mouth and he says, his name is John, for he remembered what the angel said. The angel said, his name will be John. He will be a joy to you and to many. He will prepare the way for the Lord. And so those three people sit in that little house in that tiny village in first century Judea. They reflect. They talk and they marvel at God's faithfulness. And really, that's what I want to do today. 
I wanna spend some time 2,000 years later, Christmas season 2023, and I wanna marvel at God's faithfulness. Three reasons why. Number one, God makes little things big. God makes little things big. I'm gonna give you a phrase. I'm gonna give you a phrase. If you're taking notes or if you're considering maybe you might take notes, you can pull out your phone, and while you're at it, you might wanna turn your alarm off, 1115 service. Last week, we had Alarmapalooza in here. It was a shocker. Just a little button on the side. Just click that sucker, and we're on silent. Okay, anyways, I'm gonna give you, <laughs> I'm gonna give you a phrase Okay, with each one of these, and I want you to remember it, please. First one, God sees God cares. God makes little things big. God sees, God cares. So funny how the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah starts in Luke chapter one, verse five. It says this, in the days of Herod the Great, in the days of Herod the Great, oh, and he was great, right? Like at that time, Rome controlled much of the world. As far as the Jews were concerned, like Herod was Rome to them. He was incredibly powerful. In the days of Herod the Great, in the days of Herod the Big Deal, in the days of Herod larger than life, in the days of Herod the Great, there was a priest named Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. Little people. Little people living in a little village, just living little lives. In the days of Herod the Great, there was a couple of little people, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And it's kind of shocking because out of all the people on the planet in that moment, God chose Elizabeth and Zechariah to be the parents of, well, this kid's name is John. He grows up to be someone known as John the Baptist. Jesus once said of John the Baptist, he's the greatest person who ever lived. Hey there. <laughs> that was an amen, by the way, in case... Uh, I say that to you because God makes little things big. Or maybe another way to put that is God sees and God cares. See, if you're anything like me, you're here in person or you're watching online, and every once in a while you feel pretty insignificant. Feel pretty small, feel pretty forgotten, feel pretty alone and overlooked. God sees and God cares. Jesus saved me when I was 19 years old. In the middle of the night, in the middle of January, in the middle of Red Deer, Alberta, I was walking up the South Hill, jeans and a t-shirt, freezing cold, and I cried out to God. I guess the truth is I reached the end of myself. The way I would describe that is this. I figured out that everything I was doing wasn't working. I tried everything that I knew how to kind of be confident and tough and cool and popular and sufficient but it just wasn't working. Now, if you would have known me at that time, I think on the outside, you would have thought, yeah, it's going well, You're, you, you look great, you, you, you look confident, you look cool, you look tough, good for you. But inside, I just felt defeated and lost, lonely and afraid, defeated and lost, lonely and afraid. And, and what's crazy about that is the harder I tried, the more I worked on this image on the outside, the more I felt defeated and lost, lonely and afraid. So I was walking up the South Hill, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And I cried out to God, and he saved me. But I remember around that time, there'd be so often, I would have this feeling, you know? I'm pretty well known, but I don't think anybody sees me. Can you relate at all? 
there's people who know you on the surface. There, there, there's people who know the image you portray, but they can't. And sometimes you wonder, do they even want to look beyond that and see me? It's kind of felt like I'm pretty well known, but nobody sees. I got a lot of friends, but nobody cares. It felt like all my friendships were like relationships of mutual benefit. <laughs> Just taken, you know? Nobody sees and nobody cares. And in a moment on the South Hill in Red Deer, it hit me. It hit me and it, it radically altered the course of my life. God sees and God cares. God sees and God cares. And, and, and that changed everything for me. And, and I would say this, I've been far from living a perfect life from that moment, but here's what I think that I've done. By and large, I've tried my best. I, th I think I have. I've, I've lived in that and I've lived that out. I've lived in that and I've lived that out. God sees and God cares. God sees and God cares. Because there's so often, even all these years later, there's so many days where I still feel like nobody sees and nobody cares. I still feel forgotten. I, I still feel lost. I still feel defeated. And I go back to that moment. And there's been lots of moments since then. But I go back there. You're like, man, you always talk about the middle of the night in the middle of January in the middle of Red Deer. I'm like, I know. Isn't it crazy? Because I still go back there. Because I want to live in that, you know? God sees. God cares. God sees. God cares. And I've tried my best to live that out. What I mean by that is that I think a, a natural expression of that moment when you come to the startling realization that the God of the universe sees you and cares. I felt so small walking up that hill, but the God of the universe made himself known to me. A natural expression of that is I decided in that moment. I probably couldn't have articulated this way, but here's the deal. I decided I want to live my life so other people can understand that God sees and God cares. I live in that. I live that out. I think that's what we're here for. I think that's the logical outpouring of that moment. If you've ever been there, out of all the people in the world that God showed up in your life and made himself known to you, you felt little, you felt overlooked, but God sees and God cares. The rest of our lives is, is spent expressing that to others that they might know that. I, I think that's what this church is about, you know? Many, many years ago now, it hit me that I'm not the only one that's ever come to the end of themselves. I think about 2023, it's been a hard year, and I think about all the people in our city. I, I know that there's so many people, relationally, they're, they're at the end of the rope. Emotionally, they're at the end of the rope. Financially, they're at the end of the rope. They've come to the end of themselves. And I, I think there's so many people that are, they, they, they feel utterly alone, and they're praying these prayers, and it's kind of like this. God, if you're real, do you see and do you care? God, if you're even real, do you see and do you care? And his answer, listen, listen, listen. I've known this for a long, long time. His answer is yes, and his answer is us. That a logical expression of that moment that we've all had, where, where we were, or that many of us have had, that we learned that God sees and God cares, is that we would then extend that to others. 
We do that in two main ways around here, help and hope, help and hope. Leah talked about it earlier. We gave away just a million dollars this year of tangible help that matters, you know? But I gotta tell you, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned. It's gonna just speak from the heart here for a second. Every once in a while, I'll have somebody walk up to me and they'll ask me this. Hey, Mike, how much money does the government give to Southside every year? Uh, nothing. JT, JT has never given us anything. However, Justin, if you're watching. <laughs> fellow, fellow former teacher here myself, and if you wanna join us in this All Is Bright initiative, we would love that. However, the government has never given us anything, and the reason why that concerns me, by the way, it's kind of funny, right? It's kind of funny. But, but the reason why that concerns me is because when, when we say, when we say, we've given almost a million dollars worth of tangible help. What we mean by we is I mean the person beside you. I mean the person behind you. I mean the person in front of you. Because somewhere along the line, we made the decision that when when God showed us, he sees and he cares, we decided that we wanted to extend that. We wanted to see other people learn that too. Because when I hear somebody say, hey, how much money does the government give you guys every year, it concerns me because I start to worry that we're gonna to start to get into this mentality as the church grows. We're gonna get into this mentality. It, it, it's this, uh, somebody else will do it. I wonder if that's true theologically, by the way. That's a really deep theological question, isn't it? Like if you choose not to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for you to do, will somebody else do them? I wonder. I think it's kind of a both end. I think that God's got a unique call on your life and I think he's gonna get her done with or without you. However, I wonder then, why did he ask you to do it? Any idea? See, I think I know. Because he understands the blessing that he wants to extend to you by being part of his plan. See, there's something called the upside down uh, reality of the open-handed life. Something, I make it sound like it's a theory. I came up with it, okay, I say it. All right, but but here's what I mean. There's a self-perpetuating notion to God's plan, right? So uh, as I have been blessed, I extend his blessings to others and it's self-perpetuating. As I have been loved, I extend his love to others. As he has been kind to me, I extend his kindness to others. As he has been generous with me, I extend his generosity to others. There's a self-perpetual, blessed to be a blessing, to be blessed to be a blessing, to be blessed to be a blessing. We're an incredibly blessed group. And Lee already said it so well, but I will say this. Yeah, cool, 2023, awesome. Amazing year, people. Most amazing year of our church. I hope not. I mean, this is good for, for now. We got more to do. Because there's a lot of people out there still praying this prayer. God, if you're real, could you show me that you see? Could you show me that you care? And his answer is us. Years ago, I said this. When God's people step up and do what they can do, then God shows up and does what only he can do. See, you're a big deal. You're a big deal. 
And I believe that when we, when we, when we come together and we all do what we can do, then God shows up and does what only he can do. When we come together, what can you do? What's your capacity? Can you do $3.50? Honestly, that's incredible. God makes little things big. If that's what you can do, that's beautiful, it's incredible. Maybe your capacity is higher and you could do $3.5 million. It's great, do it. Second thing we do is hope, hope. We just preach Jesus here. I believe he's the answer to everything. He's the ultimate expression to the world that God sees and God cares. We're coming up to the Christmas services. I'll just tell you quickly again what I told you last week. You can text that keyword Christmas to 604-670-3040. That's our landing page. You can sign up for services. You can sign up to serve. We just wanna make sure that when the city arrives at Southside this Christmas, like they always do, that we're there to say, hey, you matter. God sees, God cares. Number two, God makes bad things good. Phrase that goes with that, I will still trust him. I will still trust him. Luke chapter one, verse six, both of them, that's Elizabeth and Zechariah, were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Heard an old preacher say this once, everybody has a big old butt. <laughs> it's always a butt, right? Isn't there though? In this world that we call home, there's always a butt. Man, my life is flawless and awesome and great, but always a butt. I think it would be a cursory and superficial reading of the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah to say this. You see, if you trust God, everything works out, really? How'd things work out for them? When they were in their 20s, they were praying for a family. In their 30s and their 40s, they were praying for it. By the time they got to their 50s, they were probably like, no, nah, we're good. Mid 70s. Now they're gonna have a son. That's interesting. Ask Elizabeth how that went. And I wonder how long they lived. I wonder how many years of their little boy's life they got to see. And maybe they had uh, really, really long lives. In that case, I wonder if they lived long enough for their little boy to grow up to be in his early 30s and be, have his head cut off by Herod the Great's son. My point is there's always a but. And you and me, we're gonna, all of us are gonna have to come to the point where we're willing to say this, or we're not, I will still trust him. It's always a but. Superficially, someone comes to me the other day and they say, man, church is growing like crazy, you know? 70% year over year, and all I can think is but. But there's traffic jams now, man. What? And there's more grumpy people yelling at our kids' volunteers. Don't make me lay the smack down again. I'm gonna start hanging out in the lobby. I will tell you right now. And, and now we gotta figure out, like, how do we add services? How does that, there's always a but. And, and it's not just superficial. Sometimes it goes way, way deeper. This is my theory. I think for Elizabeth and Zachariah, they had come to the conclusion that they were gonna trust God long before Gabriel showed up in the Holy of Holies with Zachariah. You know what I mean? I think they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And then at some point they realized, I don't think it's gonna go the way we were hoping, but we're still gonna trust him. 
And I think it's a massive moment. Because I think well beyond traffic jam, there's people in here right now, there's people watching online right now, and you've suffered absolute tragedy in your life. Trauma in your life. And it breaks God's heart. And when I say God makes bad things good, you know, like sometimes it's on this side of eternity, right? Sometimes he delivers you from the trial, but sometimes he delivers you through it. And not, not until you step into the other side of eternity, you'll get it. It broke his heart, but somehow, 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 against all odds, God found a way to use it for good. Wow. It doesn't make it easy, though. So point number one. God makes little things big. God sees and God cares. Point number two, God makes bad things good. I will still trust him. Point number three, God makes all things new. From now on. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed all week for you. I just felt like there was something missing in the sermon. I did. And near the end of the week, I felt this phrase come to me because I feel like today is gonna be a turning point day for many of us. December 3rd, 2023, from now on. Things are gonna be different from now on. Things are gonna change from now on. God makes all things new from now on. See, this mid-70s couple have a little baby boy. And that little baby boy grows up to be John the Baptist and he prepares the way for Jesus. And Jesus steps into human history with this message from now on. You know, before Jesus stepped into human history, right, there was something called the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant. The Old Covenant basically says this, you're saved through your own efforts. You're saved through your own performance. Jesus says, from now on, we're gonna do it different. Jesus introduced something called the New Covenant. The New Covenant. The New Covenant says this, you're not saved by your own efforts, you're saved by the efforts of Jesus. You're not saved by your performance, you're saved by the performance of Jesus. From now on. That's the good news of Jesus, but it's not just a someday good news, it's a December 3rd, 2023 piece of good news for you. I would love if you would circle it on your calendar, if you would write some sticky notes and put them all over your house, from now on, from now on. God makes all things new from now on. From now on, things are gonna be different. See, there's people here today, there's people watching online today, and you've defined yourself by the guilt and shame of your past for too long. You are not what you did. Jesus stepped into human history, and he says, from now on, from now on, you're forgiven. From now on, things are gonna be different. From now on, you have a clean slate and a new beginning. From now on. And there's many of you here it's not what you've done, it's things that have been done to you. You suffered. You've dealt with trauma and hardship. And you've been walking through life assuming, and you're just always gonna be broken. You're just always gonna be wounded. You're just always gonna be limping your way through life. But I really, 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 really believe that God sent me with a message for you today from now on. From now on, he's heartbroken by what happened to you. It shouldn't have but it did, and he wants to heal you starting right now, starting today. Your story is not a story of defeat. Your story is a story of healing. There's other people here today, and your story is addiction. Maybe nobody knows except for you. But you know, and there's a part of you that's just fearful that you're just always gonna be lost in that. 
that it's beaten you. But I want to tell you, December 3rd, 2023, circle it on your calendar from now on. From now on, from now on, God has a new plan for you. From now on, you're going to be courageous. You're going to ask for help. You're going to tell a couple people, and they're going to do whatever they can do. You text me. Whatever needs to be done, from now on, we're turning the page. Just thinking, this is a time of year when we all gather together, you know? And the truth is, in in this room right now, there are countless stories. Because when you imagine your holiday table, there's a seat, and it's empty, and it shouldn't be. And I think God has a message for you today from now on. Now listen, I don't know if that seat is ever gonna be filled. It might not even be possible. But I think God has a promise for you. Here's the promise. What should have been isn't. And it's heartbreaking and it's tragic, but God wants you to know that he's gonna build something new and beautiful from now on. From now on, that's the message. From now on, let's turn the page. From now on, that's the phrase. I believe that God gave it to me for you from now on. So I read a stat the other day. It said like just about 50% of pastors within two years after a major capital campaign where you raise a bunch of money, they end up quitting. <laughs> so we did this thing called the Moore Campaign, raised millions and millions and millions of dollars for this place, you know? That ended in 2019, and, uh, and then there was this thing, this disruption, this little thing called COVID that hit in March of 2020. And I was pretty tired when COVID hit, but when COVID hit, it was just like alert, red alert, red alert, like all hands on deck, you know, just crazy. COVID was crazy. And COVID was so weird because This weird thing happened with our church during COVID. We grew like crazy during COVID. Over 10,000 people watch Easter service in March of 2020, um, which is great, it's fun. I wasn't doing so good though. I'm a, a lot like you, COVID was weird for me. You find COVID kind of weird? Yeah, of course you did. I found it kind of weird. Our office was an old helicopter hangar, you know? And I just remember being there so many weeks all by myself, (laughs) just me, walking around. I had great conversations with myself, that was good. My office, I've joked about this before, but my office was like a storage container, no windows in it, and I'd sit in the office, and there's always so much to do, you know? But it was hard. And I kind of came to this place again, this end of myself place. I, I remember preaching sermons, which is so weird, you know? You'd stand up on an empty stage with an empty room, a couple camera people, you know? And I would tell jokes and they'd be focused on like focusing and they wouldn't even laugh at my jokes. And so I would stop and go, wasn't that funny? Like, that was funny, right? They're like, wow, we didn't really hear. Oh, really? Probably wasn't funny. You would have... Anyway, so then, then COVID ended. What, 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 or we, we open up our, cult, our society again, you know, and, 
And, and that was weird too. It's like, you're open, you're not open, you're half open, you're kind of open. And, and, and I just remember, I, just, I felt like I came out of the COVID realm with a limp. Just kind of limping, you know? Like many of you. And then a couple years ago, I felt like God said, hey, what you need to do is you need to preach through the gospel of John. And we took this journey through John and it was 15 months long. I preached just about 70 sermons through John. And I felt like, I gotta be honest with you, I felt like John became like my best friend. I just loved it. <clears throat> and then a couple weeks ago, our journey through John ended. And I felt that limp come back. And I felt some of the anxiety come back. It's all these things that we all think sometimes, you know, like, oh, maybe I can only, I can only preach if I'm preaching through John. I can't preach anymore. I'm never gonna preach again. I'm just never gonna help anybody anymore and it's not gonna work and it's just all terrible. And, 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 and I walk into stores and, and I see people, I see people in the store and I'm like, mm, I think I know that person. Do they go to Southside? Did they used to go to Southside? Maybe they're mad at me because I made some jokes about JT on the stage and maybe I should probably shouldn't say hi to them because if I say hi to them, it's just gonna hurt their feelings, but maybe I should. And I got a bag of licorice all sorts in my hands. I don't know about that. Like, what's the, what are they gonna think? Like, it's my, it's my junk food night. I get one junk food night. Should I tell them it's my junk food night? And that's why I have liquid. And plus, liquid, all sorts? Those are nerdy. Who eats liquid? I, I, and so, thank you, okay? I see that hand. Okay, so, and it's just like, whoa. So, you know, should I go over and say, it's actually my junk food night and I'm a Dutch. I'm kind of weird, so I eat liquid, all sorts. I apologize if that offends you in any way. And I feel like I'm at the end of myself again. Like, I don't know, like nobody really sees and nobody really cares. So when I stand up here today and I talk to you, whether you're online or in person, and I say from now on, I'm talking about us. I'm talking about us. Because I made a decision. I made a decision this week, and this is what I think. You can tell me what you think of it. I think what I'll do is this. From now on, from now on, I'm gonna trust him. I'm just gonna trust him. And, I, and I'm gonna live in this. He sees and he cares. And you know what else I'm gonna do? From now on, I'm just gonna live that out. And, and if the rest of my life is to maybe let one person, if I could just let one person know that God sees and God cares, that'd be a good life right there, wouldn't it? From now on. Get a sticky note, put it somewhere. December 3rd, 2023, from now on. Let's pray. Jesus stepped into human history and he said, from now on, we're gonna do things different. You're not saved by your performance, you're saved by mine. Jesus came and he died on a cross so that your sins could be forgiven. All you have to do is ask. Jesus rose again so that you can have life, the life you were meant to live, the person you were meant to be. All you need to do is ask. So I wanna give you that opportunity that December 3rd, 2023 would be your ultimate from now on day. That you would invite Jesus to be your savior and your Lord. With all heads bowed 
and all eyes closed. If today is your day, could you just raise your hand because I want to pray for you right now. Amazing. If you're watching online and it's safe to do so, I'd love it if you could raise your hand. Also, something powerful about that expression. You can put your hands down. For those of you who just raised your hand, I'm gonna pray out loud. You can just join me silently. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you see and that you care. Today I ask you to be my savior. I hand you my guilt and my shame and I pray that you would forgive them. I hand you my hurt and I pray that you would begin to heal me. That you would bring me past my past. And Jesus, I ask you to be my Lord. That as you stepped out of that empty tomb from death to life, that I would do the same life the life that I was meant to live today, tomorrow, and forever. And Jesus, for everybody here, for everybody watching online, we make a declaration to you, Jesus, from now on, from now on. <laughs> and you know what? We're probably gonna have to do it again one day in our lives. But today, December 3rd, 2023, from now on, from now on, we trust you. And when we feel alone, and when we feel forgotten, and when we feel like nobody sees and nobody cares, we will remember this, you see and you care. We'll live in that, and we will live that out. And that's a life worth living. We thank you in your name. Amen. Let's celebrate. Hey, next week, listen to this. I'm gonna tell you a story next week about a 14-year-old girl who met this same angel called Gabriel. It's incredible. We'll see you then. Love you guys. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.